Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are working so hard to make Coast of Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. Good morning, Cal Curley. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. The best producer a man could ever ask for. Uh, when's this rain going to stop? Yeah, I think it's stopping now-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Should be cleared up by the time we go to lunch. I know. I went to the Coliseum to see uh, see our friends with Super Talk and, and Paul Gallo, and it was just sprinkling by the time I got out. It was torrential. So I know that Chevis Sweatman, our guest this morning, ran into a wreck on I-10 on the way here. So hopefully it'll clear up. Yeah, it's going to clear up. Good. At least for yeah. a day and a half. <laughs> so our guest today is among the best of the best. Um, he's a man who literally puts his money and his energy where his mouth is. He believes in coastal Mississippi. I've seen this personally over the years watching him work. He's like, the best way to describe Chevis Sweatman is he's sort of the banker for some of the most significant projects in the coast history. He's a community leader. He knows uh, the coast economy just about as good as anybody uh, he's my friend, Chavis Wepman, the president of the People's Bank. Good morning, Chavis. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thank you for being here, man. I really appreciate it. You know, it's so cool getting ready for this. You have such an interesting childhood and growing up, but the thing that really got my attention was the moon ball. What is the moon ball? <laughs> well, that, that goes back to my tennis days playing for Biloxi High. I, I had been, You were 49-0. and zero. 49-0 and zero till the... Last match, no, uh, well, probably two matches or three matches from the end of the season, and we were playing UMS over the Keesler Triangle Courts, and I was playing a player who was a ranked junior player, and so I was playing him. Uh, I'd lost the first set 6-0, and I got really mad at him because he was serving underhand to me. Mm-hmm. And the more he served underhand, the madder I got. So over on one of the changeovers after the first set, my good friend Andy Carpenter said, well, Chevis, you know, he was involved in a car wreck about two months ago, and he can't raise his arm above his shoulder. <laughs> so I sort of took that to heart, and I started hitting the ball 40 feet in the air <laughs> and have it land about 8 or 10 feet from the baseline, and he never had the opportunity to hit a ground stroke after <laughs> so the, that. So the moon ball was made famous that day. Yeah, well, yeah, it really wasn't made famous by me, but it came into uh, view uh, a few years later. So. Yeah, so you were raised in Miramar Park. That's right, and on the beach in Biloxi. What was it like there? Oh, it was, it was a different world. Everything sort of centered around the parks. Biloxi Recreation Department had... A bunch of small parks all throughout the city, and they would hire a college student in there to sort of supervise the kids while they were there. And uh, they would have uh, arts and crafts come in. But one of the things that I really remember most of all was Wednesday night, and that was movie night. (laughs) So they'd bring in a projector, and they'd put a screen up there. And 
all the little kids would run home and get their popcorn. Black and white with no sound, right? Uh, black and white. Oh, it had sound. Did but, it? Yeah, but it it was uh, like the creature from the Black oh, Lagoon. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. All- <laughs> they were they were monster flicks. So, <laughs> so all the little kids would get the popcorn and they'd get a, like a Barks or a Coke, and the parents would take an ice pick. That goes back. Yeah, that's when you had to break up the ice back. Yeah, then, right. And pop the top of it, and that's that was the refreshment for the evening. But we used to play in the park all the time, and basically we only had one rule, and that was when the street lights come on, you're supposed to go home. Yeah, that was the same rule in, yeah. my, in my neighborhood. Yeah, the Simpkins family in Bellevue over on 53rd Circle, they used to have the same kind of movie nights. It was just, Those were wonderful days. Oh, they were. They? they were. You kind of date yourself when you're talking about breaking up the ice. Yeah. <laughs> So what else stands out about your childhood and, and uh, you know, being raised a sweatman in Biloxi? Well, i got to tell you one more thing about Miramar Park. Yeah. We played baseball there. We played football. But I remember one very memorable football game, and I think that was on January the 1st, uh, 1964. Mm-hmm. I think it had rained two inches of snow the night before. Oh, so we all yeah. went down to the park, and we're playing football and the only time we stopped playing football is when we'd see a car skid over uh, the seawall or we'd see a car skidding down on US-90. And we learned from that experience that Bubba's in South Mississippi do not know how to drive on ice. I don't do, we, don't, you know, we don't do snow. That, that is for sure. So, um, so how long were you when you got involved in the bank? Well, generally, I would come in... Uh, and after you know in high school i'd work the summers and that continued till i went into college and i'd work the summers and i was a i was a part-time gopher so to speak Mm -hmm. and that that continued until uh i graduated and then i went in uh full-time for about two months and then we had hurricane camille wow so so you you went to university of southern mississippi that's correct and got a got a wonderful education there that prepared you for sort of where you are today. But Camille did, you know, we talk a lot about Katrina, but you were actually beginning to get involved in the bank when Camille hit. It, it was a it was in itself a significant moment in your life, wasn't it? Right. We had uh, that was that was right after school. All all your friends were getting married, and one of my friends over in uh, Bay St. Louis got married, and we went to the reception and we stayed out later than we should have, and then. Uh, we saw where the hurricane had changed the direction. It was looked like it was coming into Biloxi, so I had to go down and board up the bank. Well, we only had the main office on downtown. Biloxi was the only office we had, but by about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was dead tired, so we went home and uh, we moved to my parents' house because my father was going to a 50th class reunion at Annapolis, and he wasn't there, so we moved into the big house and uh, we went to bed early that evening, and one of the local radio stations had just gotten a brand new tower, and they were advertised. We're going to bring you all the breaking news about Hurricane Camille throughout the night. At about 7.30, the tower went down, and we all fell asleep. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so tell us about your grandfather and your father. Well, my uh, grandfather... Uh, Everybody thinks that he started the bank, but not really. He it was his brother that started with the bank, and mm-hmm. uh, he came with the bank in 1903. 
Mm-hmm. And he was president uh, in 1953, and he died in 63. And uh, after he passed away, my, my father uh, was in the bank, and he had come to the bank af- after he'd spent his one year at the Naval Academy. And then he came to the bank, and he that would be about 1924 full-time, and he was president in 1963. And then I came with the bank full-time in 1971. So we have a history of longevity with the bank. So tell me about the evolution of the bank. So you said it was one, essentially one branch back when Camille had. It was one branch, uh, the one office. And after I got out of service, we came back. And that was a period of time where there was a lot of merger and acquisitions. And we saw that the other local bank in Biloxi, the uh, First National Bank of Biloxi, was taken over by Paul McMillan's Bank in Hattiesburg. And so uh, after that, you could that was a trend of banking. It was merger and acquisitions. And so you can either do that by buying another bank or going and building a number of branches. So that's how we started out, brick and mortar. We for Our first branch was over in D'Iberville, then we went to Pass Road in Biloxi, then in Ocean Springs. And by then, that was about maybe 10 or 15 years later, we started looking at the Gulf National Bank, and we acquired them in about 1984. So actually when you did this, when you when you actually opened an office in Ocean Springs, that, that was kind of breaking the trend, wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, usually you just do business in the town that you were located in? Pretty much, and, that, and that's the way we operate today. You mm-hmm. know, if if uh, you don't have a branch in a community, you're not really going to be invited to be a depository for the community. Yeah. That, that's what we were following, the philosophy right. there. So you, so tell us about the purchase of the bank in Gulfport. Well, uh, we've been looking at Gulf National Bank for some time. We only had one over overlapping branch. So when we acquired them, we got the people, their facilities, uh, and it was very good for us for the simple reason where we had a branch, they didn't, except for Veterans Avenue. Yeah. And mm-hmm. After that, uh, we started working, and it was it was really good for us because the people were a lot stronger. We never had to let anybody go, uh, and it sort of set the stage for our next phase of acquisition, and that was when uh, the Southern Federal Bank for Savings in Gulfport closed, and we had an opportunity to purchase that from the Resolution Trust Company. So before we get too far away from it, and as we close out this section, tell us about your dad. Well, my dad, uh, he, he'd been with the bank for many, many years. Uh, he, he was in the seafood business. He was a broker before he came with the bank, so he knew what was there. And, and if you notice, we got the, a logo of the shrimp boat. Yes, so uh, yes, yes. we've been tied to the seafood business since the beginning. Wow. So we're having a fascinating conversation with Chavis, ba- Chavis Sweatman, who is the president of the People's Bank. And as he just mentioned about his logo, uh, I didn't know that it went back to your father being in the seafood business. That's You, know, you, you learn something new every single day. Uh, that's one of the gifts of this show. So we'll be back right after this uh, message, and we'll continue the conversation. And, and we'll talk now in the next segment about the evolution of gaming, how it changed uh, People's Bank. And the Mississippi Coast region. We'll be be back after this break.
subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Since 1950, when you needed help and advice from an experienced attorney, you turned to Boyce Holloman and Associates. Standing on the principles of experience, integrity, and results, Boyce Holloman and Associates can help you and your family with a variety of legal matters. When you come to Boyce Holloman and Associates of Gulfport, every client, every case gets the level of service from attorneys and staff who honor the legacy of Boyce Holloman's tradition of excellence. See Dean and Tim Holloman at Boyce Holloman and Associates, 1720 23rd Avenue, Gulfport. Sidewalk side or neutral ground side? It doesn't matter if you can't fit everyone in the car on parade night. And don't forget to make space for throws. Visit Baldwin Subaru in Covington and we'll show you how the Subaru Ascent is a Mardi Gras game changer. With 19 cup holders, there's spots for everyone's go cup. And room for eight means grandma won't have to compete with your beads for the last seat. Whether you're a sidewalk cider or a neutral ground cider, Baldwin Subaru has the parade vehicle for you. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like the Vacnado 2000. A Wi-Fi connected vacuum that uploads Dust Bunny data to the cloud for real-time optimization. <laughs> Whatever that means. But really, it's just a very expensive doggy chew toy. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Don't miss out on the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square sweepstakes. We're giving away $50,000 every score change, touchdowns, field goals, even extra points, 50 Gs. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half million dollars that could be used toward their dream home. Hurry up and get your square at RocketMortgageSquares.com. Enter by January 30th, 2020. No purchase necessary. 18 years or older except Alabama, Nebraska, and Mississippi. Ends January 30th. Licensed all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. So you probably already know, Adventures Pub and Spirits has won awards for local favorites hangout on the coast and best bar on the coast. But you may not know that Adventures also features an excellent lunch special menu Monday through Friday. Homemade lasagna, burgundy beef tips, chicken fried steak, oh, shrimp creole, and more for only $8.95. Oh, my personal favorite, the seafood pie loaded up. Lump crab meat, shrimp and cheese, baked in a flaky pie crust. Adventures Pub and Spirits, one block north of the Hard Rock, next door to City Hall on Lemuse. When you need to pick up a last-minute birthday card or gift, stop into Love's Pharmacy and Gifts and pass Christiane. Yes, Love's is a full-service pharmacy, combining local hospitality and affordability. When half of the store has unique gifts, beautiful decorations for your home, fragrances, and free gift wrapping, you only have to make one stop. Love's Pharmacy and Gifts, 12345 Vidalia Road in Pass Christiane. If you love great service with a smile, you'll love Love's Pharmacy, with a second location now open in Ocean Springs. It's a great time to be on the coast, and we love talking about it. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back. We're having a a fascinating conversation with Chevis Weppin, who talked about the early days of growing up in Miramar Park and, and Biloxi, and then uh, the expansion over time of the bank. And in this segment, we really want to get into um, what was the coast like before gaming? And then, as I mentioned in the introduction, he was literally, Chavis was the banker for some very significant projects, especially in the gaming industry, especially in the early days. I want to talk about that. But I want to, in this uh, segment, really remind people what we, what existed in terms of the coast economy, what the challenges were economically 
before gaming came and then how did gaming change things? So what was it like before, you know, in those 80, 90 uh, years? Well, you've got to go back in time and uh, you had the savings and loan crisis hit the nation in about 1988 to about 1991. And it, the same thing was affecting us down here on the Gulf Coast. Uh, there was no activity. People were underwater on their home mortgages. They were underwater on their rental properties if they had. There was nothing that was happening on the coast. And realistically, something had to be done. Over in Biloxi, they had a saying, the last person to leave Biloxi, turn out the lights. And mm. that's how bad it was. So. Uh, realistically, when the gaming looked like it was going to be resurrected or coming to the coast, uh, we just sort of jumped on the bandwagon, and everybody said, well, Chevis, how did you, how did you know it was that important? I said, well, it's sort of like if you're digging a grave and you got one foot on a banana peel in the grave, you might as well take that chance. And that's that's what it was like down here on the coast. So. That's why we felt we needed to take a chance, make things happen. And then, as you know, on the gaming referendum, it actually failed the first time in Harrison County, mm -hmm. and it had to be resurrected, I think, about 1990 or 91, mm -hmm. uh, the second time around. But realistically, gaming, when it came and got passed, it did two real important things on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. First, it was job creation. Now, I was on the study committee to try and bring gaming in, and I was on the finance side, and we were trying to raise money to get people to support gaming. And what it really turned out to be was we had to make things happen on the coast. And so on the job creation, our study group, we commissioned a feasibility study, and that feasibility study said we will create 10,000 jobs with the advent of gaming. There were a bunch of us on the study committee, and we said, that seems a little bit too aggressive for us. So we went and we cut the number back to 5,000 jobs, and we ran the campaign on we would deliver 5,000 jobs to the community. And we started saying, well, what are we going to call ourselves and all like that? And uh, one of the ladies we talked to, I don't know if you remember or not, but Esther Coleman. Oh, I remember her very well. We, we, yeah. uh, she ran the little coffee shop yeah. down at the airport. And uh, Chuck Benvenuti and I went out to see her. And so she says, Chuck, what are you all trying to do? I said, well, Miss Esther, we're trying to. We're trying to create jobs on the coast. He says, well, what's the name of your group? And we said, well, we're the uh, South Mississippians for Economic Development. She said, Chuck, what's that? <laughs> he said, we're trying to create jobs. Well, why don't you just say jobs? <laughs> so that became our campaign theme, what? jobs, jobs, jobs. So what happened was the job creation, instead of getting the 5,000 jobs, I think we created closer to 17,000 jobs. And what we didn't notice was the gaming industry was 24-7, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, we missed it so much. But the job creation was very, very important to us. 10,000 new people come into our area. 
And that did one very important thing. Remember I said earlier about people being underwater on their mortgages and rental properties? Well, that created stability and real property value. So it went from being a buyer's market overnight, it became a seller's market. People could get rid of the debt, they could fix up their property, and that was really beneficial from the coast. And then everything else took off from there. So you have uh, Chuck Benvenuti, who, if people don't know him, he's a numbers guy, accountant from right. uh, Hancock County, great community leader in Hancock County. We'll have him on the show in, in the in, in, on the future show. Um, so you have two guys that are having this conversation, both who really have skin in the game about where this is headed. And as it relates to you, you had to look at those assumptions you had developed around 5,000 jobs and it wasn't just you developing a plan that would be that would get the referendum. You were developing a plan that ultimately gave you the confidence to actually put skin in the game yep. in a big way. And we, but the most important thing is the first step was we had to get the referendum passed. 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 So it passed. Right. So how quickly was it before someone came knocking on your door to finance a, a, a job? I mean, a, a project. Well, uh, we were financing, you know, basically the legislation said it had to be around the waterfront. You had to control the waterfront. And just about the same time as all of this was happening, we acquired uh, the Southern Federal Bank for Savings. And I used to tell everybody that was our Mary Kay building. It was down on the beach. It was pink in color. <laughs> and I had told uh, uh Buddy Hopkins, I said, Buddy, I'm not having a pink building. <laughs> I said, tell me how much it's going to cost to paint. So he gave me an estimate. He said, well, I got good news and bad news for you. I said, well, what's that, Buddy? He said, well, I can paint the building for you, uh, and that'll be $20,000 per coat, and you're going to need two coats. <laughs> At which I said, well, Buddy, I don't think fuchsia is such a bad color after all. <laughs> So uh, so how long was it before the first project came to your desk? Uh, we acquired, I think it was about August of about 91, we had acquired uh, uh, the main headquarters. And then in about six months after that, we were able to obtain uh, the purchase, you know, through the contract. And we bought the property from RTC, yeah. and it wasn't probably a week, 10 days later that we had a call from the Gulfport Grand. They were interested in buying the property, and uh, they offered me a million dollars more than I paid for it, and I thanked them very generously for the offer, but I said, you know, it's been on their books for $5 million, <laughs> and I'm seeing what's going to be happening with the gaming industry, so I'm going to pass at this time. So. Uh, he said, well, no one's ever going to offer you that again. I said, well, it's sort of like that Fram oil filter commercial. You can pay me now my price or pay me more later. Right. <laughs> and that's what came about. But we struck a fair price. So what, and, was, the, what was the first gaming project? Oh, the first gaming project I think, think we had over here in uh, Biloxi. It wasn't the president, but it was... Biloxi Bell? Biloxi Bell. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. Biloxi Bell. Yeah. And I and I just to give you had a interesting situation there. We had a mortgage on the little shrimp boat that was the place that was down there, mm -hmm. and uh, the owner of the Bluxy Bell came in and said, "Well, I'd like to get that building." I said, "Well, that's good. We'll sell it. To you. We'll sell it to you." But really, the owner controls it. If you you know you can cut a price with the owner. Uh, all as we need to do is get the mortgage paid off. And he said, "Well, 
I want to start tearing it down tomorrow. I said, well, we're going to pay that thing off first before you tear it down. But that's how fast things turned once it was announced that gaming was coming. So you did when you did your first casino deal, in other words, financing a project, how fast did it occur to you that the numbers were going to exceed your expectations? Uh, it, it didn't take any time at all. Uh, we had, uh, we financed the real estate surrounding the casino. We financed barges. I didn't have the slightest idea how much one of these things was worth. So what happened is then we had to start uh, getting ready for when the casino opened. So we're a banker. We handle cash, but they handled a lot of quarters. I don't know if you remember people coming down from South Mississippi with, I mean, North Mississippi with rolls of quarter so they could get to the quarter slot machines. Wow. Yeah, I remember that well. And so uh, what happened is we had about two or three open, you know, almost at the same time. And we were taking up the Treasury's allocation of most of the coin in the Southeast United States. So we had to order our coinage anywhere from three to four months in advance so we'd have to go back to the casinos and say what type of slots are you going to have what type is your mix how much do you think that you're going to need now once once we got the initial orders out there was no problem but it was just taking care of those initial coin orders that were really something so that it blow your mind oh it did it did uh, we they would be bringing in the armored cars while the barges were still under construction. The armored car would get struck at stuck at the construction site. Very interesting. <laughs> wow, what is, it's so interesting. You know, I, I remember those days well. But some of these stories that you never heard, you know, uh, coming out in this in this wonderful history of, of gaming and the role that People's Bank played in that process. Well, we'll be back after this uh, after this break. But we'll, I want to we'll close this part of the conversation, and then we'll start to talk about where's People's Bank today, and uh, you know what's what's happening with the coast today. We'll be back after this break. I'm Evan Brown. Could it be that after more mass shootings, more people will want so-called red flag laws aimed at taking firearms from mentally unstable people? People that are insane, people that are sick up here, I don't want them to be able to get a gun. President Trump likes the idea on its face, as if now nobody with documented mental illness or aggression issues would get flagged in a background check. In addition, the same individual may not have any records that rise to the level of commitment or adjudication. Adeline Alchin's group supports red flag laws, but what could stop someone from trying to take your guns away just because they don't like you? Amy Swear with the Heritage Foundation. When properly constructed to afford robust due process protections, red flag laws may provide an important mechanism for intervention with regard to both suicides and mass public shootings. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. Everyone in my family uses electricity differently. But when it comes to our Touchstone Energy Cooperative, we all think about it the same way. The co-op is power. power. Sure, electricity turns the lights on, but power is the information I get from my co-op about efficiency, safety, technology, and I trust the co-op because we, we are, are the, the co-op. co-op. They're our neighbors. Our friends. Our home. 
brought to you by Coast Electric and Singing River Electric, your touchstone energy cooperatives. Just like money in your pocket, that's super fun. When you trade with us, you always get a bet. Have you made your New Year's resolution yet? Resolve to make 2020 a year to remember with a new lifestyle. At Arbor Properties, you'll discover features, amenities, and services that are only found at an Arbor Properties community. Whether you're looking to actively unwind in one of five fully equipped fitness studios, enjoy the free fitness classes, or reserve a spot with a personal trainer, Arbor Properties is the place to conquer your fitness goals. Arbor Properties Apartment Homes features granite countertops, custom cabinetry, luxury flooring, and upgraded fixtures. Arbor Properties' resolution is to ensure your living experience is nothing less than exceptional. Arbor Properties isn't just a place to live, it's a way of life. Let Arbor Properties help make 2020 your best year yet. Find your new home at Arborview D'Iberville, Arbor Landing on the River in Biloxi, Arbor Place Biloxi, Arbor Village at Pass Road Gulfport, or Arbor Station in Long Beach. Like Arbor Properties on Facebook. Summer days, winter nights, my heating and air ain't working right. Before my troubles get any worse, I'll pick up the phone and sing this verse. Barnes, oh Barnes, won't you help me? Barnes Heating and Air. Hello, Barnes Heating and Air. Barnes Heating and Air, 832-9457, 832-9457. Into eSports, so is Big Play. Check out Big Play's brand new eSports virtual reality attraction with cash prizes paid weekly and monthly. Guaranteed to pay $100,000 this year. Plus two massive arcades, bowling go-karts, two mini golf courses, two-story state-of-the-art laser tag arena bumper cars, and right now, get a $50 game card for $25. Visit Supertalk MS Gulf Coast on Facebook and print on demand. Big Play Entertainment Center. Bowl, play, eat. Hey, I'm Steve Azar, and you never know who or what you'll hear when I spend a Mississippi Minute with my friends. We are with the fabulous Norbert Putnam as he played on so many hit records, you can't count them, and produced for some of the biggest acts ever. We got to talk Jimmy Buffett. One day at breakfast, he says, uh, I started a new song. It's about a night and a day in, in Key West. I played a bar and I got drunk and coming home, I stepped out of my flip-flop and I just kept going. I stepped on a beer can and <laughs> <laughs> Next morning, I'm up, and I'm hungover, and I'm trying to make a margarita. I got some shrimp boiling. I can't find the salt. I said, Jimmy, I kind of like this. And he said, yeah, I think I'll call it Margaritaville. In a Mississippi Minute. Be sure to check out In a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar, right here on your local Super Talk Mississippi station, and now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
The Mississippi Power Weather Center. Your weather now. Now. Mostly cloudy, 90% chance of an early shower today. Highs in the mid-60s tonight. Patchy fog developing after midnight. It'll be mostly cloudy beyond that. The low 43. Mostly sunny tomorrow. High near 60. Then Thursday night, mostly cloudy. 60% chance of overnight showers. Low back near 50. Visit MississippiPower.com slash ways to save to learn about programs and resources that can help you save energy and money on your electric bill. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back. We've got uh, Chevis Swetman, the president of the People's Bank, with us this morning. It's been a fascinating conversation learning the history of People's Bank and how they expanded and what life was like before casinos. And we're sort of in the middle of the casinos of past. Chavis was just talking about they they did some real estate and other financing around uh, the Biloxi Bell, and he talked about um, the amount of ca- uh, coins they they had to handle and how how they really did, had no idea it was going to be as as successful as it was early days. But then, simultaneous to the Biloxi Bell, I think Casino Magic Casino and, Magic opened in uh, Hancock County. You had the president over. You in were involved Biloxi. in all these. Oh yeah, the Grand Casino. Correct. Um and you know and then you were involved with Rick Carter and Terry Green with, with the Prod of Mississippi yeah. and then the Copa after that, you know for for people who have not heard that conversation between Terry Green and Rick Carter you can see that at the Facebook page the uh, Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page or you can go to the Super Talk um, Mississippi YouTube page but I really encourage you to go take a look at that that conversation it is a great story of perseverance and some serendipity along the way, real determination. And there's a, there's a great story uh, about how they became what they are today. Just if you haven't seen it, go take a look at it. So yeah, all that was happening simultaneously. I mean, it's like one after another, after another, and you continue to see that, man, where does, where does this go from here? What were your thoughts in those days? Well, it, well, Going from absolutely nothing happening while the uh, savings and loan crisis from about 1988 to 92, then all of a sudden, well, people think the casinos came in, but remember, they were on barges, so they had to be constructed. So for every casino employee, they had either one or two construction workers building out the product. Well, they needed a place to stay. And I remember we had that stability and real property values. The construction workers finished up on the project, so they would have these big hiring fairs at the Coliseum and all like that. So uh, as the construction workers are going out, the casinos are staffing up. I'll tell you one little side note. Uh, they would have a job fair. That might be the president might have a job fair at uh, the Coliseum Commission. And... Uh, the Coliseum, and then it would be, say, like from uh, 8 in the morning till 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Well, they have this big job fair. Well, I'd go to the personnel desk and I'd say, if somebody doesn't show up, we may be having a problem. And a lot of people didn't show up. So, wow. So, 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 so many. Oh, they were having so many. And then yeah. the next thing we had to do is. Uh, because the casino wages were so much greater than the local wages, it forced the wages to your bookkeepers and your tellers. We had to increase our wages 
because we had done a little study earlier, and uh, we saw what happened when it opened up in Atlantic City, and uh, they had a vault that we were trying to copy as the vault operations. And I said, well, what was your biggest problem uh, when opening the vault? I said, were all the deposits from the casinos just terrible? He said, oh, no, they were balanced to the penny every time. And he, then I said, well, what was your problem? He said, well, you know, all these bookkeepers that you have, they needed somebody to balance the mm -hmm. bank statements. He said, you know, that surly receptionist you have in uh, your business by the front door, you give her a 4 or $5 an hour pay raise, they smile and grin from ear <laughs> to ear. And the next thing that happened was we had 50 tellers in our system and I said, well, how many did you lose, five or ten? He said, no. She said, no, we lost 49 out of 50. Wow. That's so then somebody had to count all that cash. Mm, that's so, incredible. And, and he said, it took us about over a year to play catch up on that. So It's that, incredible. You know, what, you know, what you're telling is a story that when gaming came in, you know, one to two additional jobs for every gaming job that was there, all the support. And then as they evolved, when people came here, they wanted to do other things. They wanted to go to restaurants. They wanted to stay in hotels. They wanted to. So the ultimate economic impact was just tremendous. Oh, no question. And we know that. now, looking back, um, like, for example, when Katrina hit, the, f the thing that we spent all of our attention on, as you know, in those early days, was getting um, dockside change to lane base, the 800 rule. So that the casinos could rebuild, so the employees could come back to work, and you know, really, if you think back at that, that was really masterfully done. And the, it legis was. the legislature supporting the coast contingent and and making that happen, and then that unleashed a whole nother wave of possibilities. It's incredible. So, where's the gaming industry today, Chavis? Well, the game, the gaming industry is doing pretty good. You know, right after, right after Katrina, we went from the seventeen thousand jobs to zero overnight. We went from 911 million in Biloxi yeah. in gaming revenues in Biloxi to zero overnight, and then about two years later, as the free enterprise took over and the casinos got rebuilt, had had the same construction workers in the town working, the same people wanting to come back because they were the best paying jobs in the community. So that was the real impetus to make things different and growing. So. It took us about over just over two years to get back to that nine hundred and eleven million dollars, and that was about two thousand and nine. I think that's when we hit the billion dollar threshold in Biloxi. Then for the next two or three years it slightly declined. And the reason it declined was other gaming jurisdictions were coming in and opening up. And so finally, uh Basically, the product got a little bit stale down here, and uh, we started, oh, I would say, plateauing around 2017, but we weren't growing. So, lucky for us, the sports book came along, and when that did, you know, in the sports book, there's about a 3% handle fee on the betting and all like that, but when it came in August of 2018, the revenues before the sports book came in were flat the revenues after the sports book came in it was up ten and a half percent or wow. about 22 million dollars wow. so what happened is the sports book got allowed the casinos to go and reinvigorate their card base they'd give them a deal on the hotel rooms they'd give them a deal at the restaurants they would do uh 
some free slot play. They would give you a, a match play on the table games. Then all of a sudden, the numbers started really picking up, and it was very beneficial to the coast, and now our numbers are growing. Now, the next thing that uh, we're seeing happen is the development of the lotto tickets, just like everybody in our bank sends somebody over to Slidell to pick up a lotto ticket. Well, probably coming by the end of the year, we won't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what's going to happen there, that's going to give another reason for this to uh, grow. So we think that it's going to be small incremental increases for, you know, I'd say for the next six to 12 months. But then mm-hmm. after that, the issue is going to be, what is the economy? Will we have another casino down here? Well, I'm not sure the numbers justify it, but I think that's what Mississippi has always done. They've It's been an uh, unrestricted entry. Free enterprise. If yeah. you can bring the money and yeah. you can pay the freight, yeah, you take mm-hmm. your shot. But the question's going to be, the people now are crunching the numbers a lot more than they did pre-Katrina. And uh, so what they're going to be looking at is, will it make an adequate payoff? Mm -hmm. And so what I think we're going to be seeing is we're going to reach a saturation point sometime in the future. I don't know when it is, but then we'll know. But I'm really interested to compare the first quarter of 2020 to the first quarter of 2019, because that's where the... Super Bowl comes in, the March Madness, uh, and all of that activity happens. So I'm interested to see how 2020 is going to compare to 2019 for that three-month period. You're actually looking forward to it because you think it's oh, going to yeah. give you, you – know, I think, as you're pointing out, the it's not just the money associated with the sports betting itself, but the <clears throat> tremendous ancillary benefit of having those people come in to do sports betting. They're able to do other things while they're here. And that's been a, has that been something they expected, or has that been a pleasant surprise? I think it's uh, been a very ple- – I think they sort of expected it, but I didn't think they – I don't think they thought their marketing departments could take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll just give you that one example, uh, the Scarlet Pearl, Mattress mm-hmm. Matt over there, yeah. $3.5 million on the uh, Astros on the World Series. I think that sort of put – I think that sort of put the Gulf Coast on uh, it did. On, on the map. Now, I have Luann Pappas coming yep. on in the, in the near future. I look forward to having a conversation with her. It is amazing when you when you sit here and have this conversation in not one nice little package to look back at where we were in the you know early 1990s and where we are today, and how with even proliferation of gaming across the United States, we really held our own well, haven't we? That's correct. We sure did. And as the as the banker for a lot of these projects, um, I bet it gives you a lot of relief. Oh yes. <laughs> so when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about where the bank is today, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about coastal leadership and maybe even the BP money. So we'll have a a, a, a few different topics to, to close out our discussion with Chevis Swetman, the president of the People's Bank. We'll be back after this break. <laughs> You can also 
also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Hey, want to come work for the number one radio group on the coast? Telesouth Media has a great opportunity for an outside sales consultant. Get paid while having fun and work in the exciting, fast-paced world of radio. We have award-winning stations like 105.9 The Monkey, 97.9 CPR Rocks, G96.7, Super Talk 103.1, and 103.5 The Possum. Take the first step towards a new and rewarding career. Submit your resume to Ricky at Telesouth.com. Telesouth Media is an equal employment opportunity employer. You're in the 10 items or less line behind the guy with 12 items and a lady writing a check. Then you hear the cashier say, I need a price check on. You mutter to yourself, oh, geez. Next time, come to Polk's Drugs. It's easy, it's convenient, and your prescriptions are filled in minutes. Hey, stay in the car and come through the drive-thru. And more than likely, Polk's takes your insurance. Cut your wait time. Come to Polk's Drugs in Biloxi and Ocean Springs. Or you can stand in line. You'll pick the no waiting time. Polk's Drugs in Biloxi and Ocean Springs. Hi, it's Flo. And you know what word I don't get? Shampoo. The first half of the word is sham, and the second part you definitely don't want to see in the shower. That's why I made up a neat word. Flotection. The feeling of security you get when your new house is protected by home insurance through me and Progressive. I mean, seriously, shampoo? What part of that makes you want to rub it all over your hair? Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. A cold can ruin your day. Sneezing, coughing, stuffiness, it's the worst, especially when you know you have a life to live. But when you have a cold, life doesn't stop, so neither should you. DayQuil Severe provides maximum strength relief for your worst cold and flu symptoms, so you can get through your day like a champ. I mean, seriously, who's got time to be sick? Don't let a cold ruin your day. DayQuil Severe is fast and powerful relief, and that's what you want. DayQuil, the nighttime coughing, aching, stuffy head, power through your day medicine. Ugh, I've got to get that fixed. Uneven driveways causing headaches? Helms Polyfoam will fix it without tearing up your driveway in the process. We inject polyfoam under settled concrete to stabilize it in a matter of minutes, not days. Polyfoam is used on runways, railways, and highways, so there is no question it will support your driveway. We also repair seawalls, sidewalks, pond dams, retaining walls, and unstable soil. Visit HelmsPolyfoam.com or call Helms Polyfoam at 601-966-7821. Sometimes the issues of life require the assistance of a professional. Whether it involves an asbestos-related disease such as mesothelioma, personal injury from an accident, a real estate issue, or even an impending arrest charge, you need the help of an attorney. Cumbest, Cumbest, Hunter, and McCormick have more than 100 years combined experience representing the interests of Jackson County and Gulf Coast clients. Cumbest, Cumbest, Hunter, and McCormick. Proud to support the Ole Miss Rebels. 762-5422. CCHMLawyers.com. Hey, I'm Steve Azar, and you never know who or what you'll hear when I spend a Mississippi minute with my friends. Talking to Paul Thorne, Mississippi, true treasure, uh, really incredible recording artist, singer, songwriter, has been doing it a long time, doing it the right way. It's almost like a Forrest Gump thing because, uh, you know, I was a boxer, slash, I worked in a furniture factory, slash, I had a gig two nights a week playing my acoustic guitar, in a pizza restaurant, slash, I was in the National Guard, <laughs> and, wow. uh, you know, all this stuff was going on at the same time. Slash, I had a writing contract with Rick Hall and Fame. In a Mississippi minute, 
Be sure to check out In a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and now available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Wetman here. He's the uh, president of the People's Bank, and he is uh, he's done a great job telling the history of casino gaming and how it's affected the coast economy. And and let's for, at the, in this last segment, give me some thoughts, Chavis, about. How your bank is doing these days? What's the status of the People's Bank? Well, we're a large, independent community bank. Uh, the family controls about half of the outstanding shares, but we're listed on the best markets, OT, over-the-counter. And uh, But we're just like any of the other banks that are out there right now. We're, we're, everybody is dealing with a what is known as a compressed net interest margin. It's costing uh, less and less to uh, borrow money, but if you're a saver, you're getting less and less because that's your retirement. You were going to have a couple of hundred thousand in retirement in the bank CD. Someone said, well, Chevis, how much can you pay me on my bank CD? I said, well, for a 12-month CD, I could probably give you maybe three-quarters of 1%. So <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a tough market that we have out there right now, but a lot of that is doing to the net interest margins of the bank, and, mm-hmm. and that's because of the 10-year Treasury has been declining uh, for about the last 10 years. So, But overall, the bank's doing fine. Yeah, we're yeah, doing good. Doing, doing really well. So, Chavis, you and I, we were shoulder to shoulder for a lot of years in the community. Tell us why you believe it's so important for people in your position to be involved in efforts that are coast-wide. Well, when I, when I first came with the bank, we were primarily just a Biloxi bank. And we expanded that market, and we were still just primarily a Biloxi bank. And then, you know, you go down to Buies Avenue, and all of a sudden, if you were from Gulfport, you're looking to the east at this 14-foot brick wall. If you're from Biloxi, <laughs> you're looking to the west at a 14-foot brick wall. And only people from Biloxi and Gulfport could see this brick wall. If you were from uh, Hattiesburg or Jackson, nobody could see the wall except if you were here in the community. And it became quite apparent that if you're going to be a Coast Bank and you're going to try and do more, why do you want to limit your access to funds, to savings accounts, to checking accounts? Uh, Why do you want to limit yourself? So... If you take a larger, if everybody would get a larger piece of pie, everybody would get a larger slice of the pie. Right. So I think it became real apparent that we had to do something to sort of change the mindset. It's been long. It's long, hard. We still got, you know, things that are happening. But, you know, realistically, Engels over in Pascagoula, if they get, you know, they got billions of, uh, contracts for the cruisers well that's manufacturing jobs it is yeah, 10,000 12,000 manufacturing jobs if they get a paycheck over there they might spend it in mobile they might spend it in pascagoula ocean springs biloxi up in the northern counties so 
this is what we need to do is promote the entire Gulf Coast as an entity. I'm with you 100%. We have to see the big picture. In the closing seconds, tell me why the BP uh, investments are so important. Well, this this could be uh, just like uh, after Katrina where we were recycling the insurance dollars. We got this big influx of cash. We could do something with it. The problem I, the problem I really have is I saw the last awards that, that came out of the BP funding, and I think I'm like most people. We were sort of underwhelmed. You know, I thought we were going to try and get some really game changers. Transformational. Transformational. Yeah. That yeah. Would, everybody on the coast would be able to benefit for years to come. And that that's where I stand on that. And Ashley was on yesterday. And when you add up all the pots that are coming our way, it's about $2 billion. It has the opportunity to have a Katrina-like investment opportunity. And hopefully they can keep the rhythm that's on right. that. I'm, I'm really hoping they can do that. So, you know, Coming back to whether it be the BP funds or whether it be having a sort of a coastal view, it is so important for coast leaders to respect each of the communities, but to work together on those issues of common interest. Um, The big picture is really important, isn't it? Oh, no question about it. You don't, you know, I I tell everybody after uh, Hurricane Camille tore up all the roads and infrastructure down here, that was about the time that Destin came along. Well, they made some substantial investments in Destin and San Destin and all like that. And then it took us about a couple of years on the coast to figure out it's a lot harder to gain that reputation than it is to retain that reputation. <laughs> wow. And yeah. you know, remember, we were Mississippi, the hospitality state. You know, we we didn't do what we should have been doing. So. Well, the good news is we're doing it now. That's correct. And people are aligned now around the coastal Mississippi and the kind of things we need to do to, to build on this. And I heard Billy Hughes this morning on Super Talk, and he's he's you know he and others are articulating so well the one coast and why we need to have that, and at the same time appreciating the diversity exists in each our, each of our communities. Chevis, thank you so much. Thank you. Glad to be here. This has been a fascinating conversation. I said I'll have Chevis back because he's got such a great framework for evaluating the economic situation here in coastal Mississippi, and we'll come back again and have that conversation for sure. Continue to have that conversation. So uh, anyway. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. And we have George Schlegel tomorrow. Got him tomorrow. Yeah, George Schlegel is going to be terrific. I'm Uh, surprised you didn't get him before me. uh, Well, (laughs) I'll tell him you said that. He may be listening now. So anyway, uh, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.